Hi everyone, welcome to Training with Casey, where we explore animal training and living our best lives with animals. I'm Joseph Laughlin, producer of this podcast, and now here's your host, Casey Covert. Let's get started. Hey, thank you, Joseph. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. It's Casey Covert, your host on Training with Casey. And we talk about training and also about other things that help us to live our best lives with animals. And today that thing is going to be talking about perception modification. Most of us think about behavior modification when we talk about perception modification. In other words, an animal has some behavioral issue that's causing grief. It barks. It's aroused at other dogs. It's afraid of other dogs. It doesn't like the vet. Something like that. And we have an amazing protocol for teaching animals how to manage their own emotions and choose the way they go forward in life. And it's amazing. We find that animals that didn't want to get their nails trimmed, all of a sudden are the first ones offering. They want to be first. We had that situation with our little pigs at the University of Maryland. We had to collect blood samples using five-inch needles inserted up to the hilt in the vena cava, blind stick. If you look at the video on cinelia.com slash press, you will see the pig was screaming. It sounds terrible. It was scary for everyone and probably in particular her little babies. But it has to be done. These animals have to be monitored for contagious diseases. So the University of Maryland said, can we do this better? So we got together and to tell you the truth, I'm sitting there thinking, oh man, we'll never be able to do this. But what I said out loud was, well, the first step is, next thing you know, all our pigs were trained. They were trained so fast. We were waiting upon the arrival of a special squeeze cage and the pigs all got accidentally trained before the squeeze cage ever arrived. And we did have one problem, and the problem was that now all the little pigs wanted to be first. Without training, they were terrified of this procedure. With training, they saw it very differently, and they saw us very differently, and life was quiet and beautiful and calm. So wouldn't you like some of that for all of your animals? Because not only is it more pleasant to live like that with an animal, it is better for everybody. Less stress, better coping. So what does it entail? I'm going to share screen here. And you all can find this on my website. And you just go up to the top where it says about sats. And this is 
about perception modification, which we often just designate as PM for perception modification. So perception modifications are uh, broken down into two phases. And the first class is about the first phase, which is conditioned relaxation. And the second phase is cycles. So perception modification is simple, but not always easy. In real life, everything happens at once, right? And it's in four dimensions. So when we teach it, we try to write it in two dimensions in step-by-step -step order. But it, you know, you still have to function in real life and it's never just a linear progression. There are many overlaying actions and considerations which you'll soon learn to do automatically, but which are best learned in context with the step they are acting on. So in other words, you learn it while you're doing it. So I'm going to try to make things easy to understand here, as in uh, we're simplifying, right? It's not like I think, oh, you couldn't understand it. It's that we'll just take um, fewer focuses than actually occur in real life. So the benefit or a huge benefit of perception modification is it's a way to change the way the animal sees something. Get it? Perception modification. So it results in behavioral modification and emotional modification, but it starts with perception modification. It starts with the fact that the little pig that feared the needle to collect the blood learned to look forward to it as an opportunity. So something you may not have thought about is we can change things in any direction. We can make an animal like something less. We can make them like something more. We can cause them to be less reactive or less afraid we can cause them to avoid things. We can lead them to cope with stress and manage their emotions, and we can help them solve their most dangerous and limiting behavior problems like aggression, arousal, separation anxiety, sound phobias. And we can solve most of the things that solve from an emotional response with a single set of protocols. So we use the same protocol to solve separ separation anxiety as we do for arousal. Now we'll change some of the details in it, but it's the same process. So remember there's two phases, condition relaxation and cycles. All right. And we're going to talk about condition relaxation now. So we teach an animal to attain and maintain a calm mental state on cue. And when I first started doing this, all these respected scientists like Matthias Schilder and his uh, colleague, Johan Vandenberg, and others said that we couldn't do this because you cannot condition an emotion, but you can and now everybody's talking about doing it. So we teach the animal to attain and maintain a calm mental state. Then 
during the cycles, we're going to introduce the trigger in very small pieces below the arousal threshold. In other words, we're going to show him the thing he reacts to, but in such small pieces that it's not worth reacting to, to him. Then in progressive steps, we're going to keep advancing the intensity of the trigger. We're going to let the animal control the advancement of the intensity of the trigger. If he stays calm, they continue to progress. If he loses calm, this fades away. Now that should blow your mind. Because most people think, for example, when their dog is barking at the mailman, that the dog wants the mailman to go away. But we actually tell the dogs, if you want the mailman to go away, just bark and we'll get rid of him. If you want him to keep coming, you have to be easy. Those dogs turn themselves inside out to be easy so the mailman can keep coming. Now, all of this training is totally voluntary, and we don't use any punishers, and we don't use any extrinsic motivators. There's no use of food or toys, just feedback, explanation, and support in the relax. So when the animal can maintain calmness, regardless of the intensity of the trigger, then we start to proof this process in other environments. So we're not done until we do the proofing, but we can get a lot of this done very quickly. Okay, so we said the two phases are condition relaxation and cycles. And in condition relaxation, the animal learns to get and stay calm. And then to remind again in cycles, they systematically expand relaxation skills while reprogramming their triggers. In condition relaxation, the animal learns five important things that he has a mental state, that he has more than one mental state, that he can move between the mental state. He learns how to move between the mental states. And finally, number five is he learns to choose the appropriate mental state. In other words, the animal becomes the driver of his own behavior. He starts to be appropriate in his arousal levels and so on, not because we're sitting there enforcing it, but because he has aligned himself with what we're teaching him, and he is the arbiter. He's the one that's driving himself to stay calm. Now, how does this help an animal cope with stress? Well, there's a number of reasons and ways, but one is that when an animal is hyper-aroused, it's self-medicating with dopamine, it has tension and stress, and a lot of time at that level is not physiologically healthy. It's not good for him. When he becomes aware of the fact that he can be calm or he can be aroused and how it feels differently and what it does for him when he can manage that and he starts to choose being calm, 
life changes. He's healthier, he's happier. And probably most importantly, he is now an expert because it's not a human managing him, it's him understanding how to cope with stress. Essentially, we are teaching the animals to meditate, to choose to reflectively change their own emotional state. It's really dynamite. You can do this at any stage. It's very pleasant for the animal. We do a lot of body work and they love it. They take them a while and every once in a while you get an animal that's hyper aesthetic. They're very, very sensitive to touch and that's tough for them. You still need to teach it because we use touch to relax the animals and it normally works beautifully. But for those animals that do not relax with touch, we'll use feedback and exercise and other things to help them get calm. But we're still going to teach them to learn to cope with touch because that's such an important life skill. If you go to the vets, you're going to be touched. If the animal control officer collects you off the street, you're going to be touched. If you have to be groomed, you're going to be touched. If a baby comes up to you, you will be touched. It's such an important life skill that we just do it, even if it's more challenging for the animal. So we really let him study the art of self-relaxation, and we do that with him. And it's very pleasant. And major progress usually happens within five days or 15 hours, whichever one comes first. And the effect of this training is um, we have two ways of looking at it that are very important. One is the behavioral perspective. And that is so important because, as I mentioned, we teach the animals to cope with stress and manage their emotions, and they can then change the way they do things so that they stay in their happy family homes and they don't get, you know, taken to the shelter or something because they bark at other dogs or they attack people or whatever. It doesn't get much better than that, right? But medically, this process is a protocol to allow animals to block dopamine or other addictive substances, redirect their activities to harvest GABA and other neuropeptides such as serotonin, oxytocin, and endorphins, and to reprogram their triggers. In other words, we're teaching them how to free themselves from substance addiction. It's amazing. So how exactly do we do this? I'm just going to remind you because we, we did cover it already. And that is we're going to teach the animal that he has a mental state, that he has more than one mental state, that he can move between the two, 
We teach him how to move between the two. And then we work with him studying the triggers and his response to them until the animal learns to choose the appropriate response to a given situation. Now, when he does that, all of a sudden, his whole life becomes calmer and more stable, and he's more present. Have you ever seen an animal just start barking, and all of a sudden you realize they're not even in their own head? They're just like, bark, 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 bark. and their eyes kind of glaze over, or we can see it in some dogs where it's downright dangerous. There's something that they call a red flash where you see the dog's eyes do that and you know that dog is not seeing you as a person at that moment. It's not just dogs, it's all kinds of animals and all kinds of people that are subject to meeting this kind of teaching. So what are some things that you might want to teach your animals about to protect them from stress. Well, you know, if they get, if they're afraid of the vets, then you want to teach them how to cope with veterinary procedures. Now, how hard is it, do you think, to teach an animal to let you stick a needle in his skin? Would you be surprised if I told you it takes us generally less than five minutes to prepare an animal for an injection, even if they previously had a bad response, less than five minutes. It's not difficult, but you must do it. For example, if you don't want your teeth to rot, you need to brush your teeth. It's not complicated, but you need to do it. You need to wash your face. You need to comb your hair. There's all these self-care things that are simple, but we still need to do them. All right, so we teach the animal to cope with veterinary procedures. How about grooming, brushing? My Arab has gray hair and gray coats often are more sensitive animals. She didn't like to be brushed. So as I said, we get, we persevere because it's an important life skill. And now she really enjoys it. But she needs to be brushed to clean her fur. And uh, when it rains, it'll mat their hair down so they don't have the loft to stay warm. And when we brush it, it restores that loft. So those are some very important examples. If the animal is hyper aroused by visitors, or children learning to cope appropriately can help them so much. Uh, Michelle's dog, Jazz, was not to be trusted with the children and the family. And Michelle was vigilant and always had Jazz contained in an area where she could be part of the family, but not amongst them. And every time a child went by, she would bark and spin around and jump up and down and that went on for eight years and then jazz started learning perception modification and in no time at all she was 
sitting there relaxing herself as the child that she was most reactive to came very close to her unexpectedly, but came very close to her and just started playing with his back to her. And she saw him and she just sighed and she went back to relaxing. And you know what? Now Jazz is fully integrated with the family. She is trustworthy with all the children, not just her own children, but the children that come to visit. She is now able to meet other family members and other friends. She's able to go with her family and stay in the hotel rather than being back in a kennel. And even in the kennel, they were not able to manage her directly. So they had to put her in a an area where they could, you know, open and shut the doors from outside the area. And when Michelle got back from vacation, she had to go in and get her dog. They couldn't bring her out on leave until after perception modification, Michelle comes back from vacation. They bring Jazz out on a lead and she just had a bath. I mean, it's amazing because here's the dog that wouldn't do any of that for eight years. Sheesh, we all wish we did this sooner rather than later. So if you know that your horse needs to go in a trailer from time to time to go to the vets, it's really good to not just teach it ahead of time, but to work with it routinely, to keep the animal able to easily go into a trailer and be relaxed, to tolerate the trailer moving around. Here are some other things. They need to learn to be comfortable with having their feet handled the brushing done with somebody putting their fingers in the horse's mouth to check teeth, to check the bit, just to examine the mouth. They need to be able to have their ears cleaned. Um, some of their other body, body parts need to be cleaned. They need to be, you need to be able to get their temperature. And believe me, they are not impressed when you go to stick a thermometer in their private areas. I get this. Do you have a clinical license to do this? I assure her I do, but she's still not impressed, right? But without training, it would be harder and worse. Getting eyes sprayed, meeting new people, coping with machinery going by, coping with saws, uh, diggers, lawnmowers, all of these things can be very upsetting and we can actively teach the animal about them. Now, here's another thing that you may not have thought about that's extremely powerful about the perception modification process. And that is the use of explanation. We call it name and explain. And what we do is we just narrate for the animal what's going on, what they're doing, what's happening in the environment, what I want to happen, how I want them to respond, how they're doing and meeting my hopes and expectations, etc. And we systematically build vocabulary. 
we explain and describe everything and we name it. We name directions, we name numbers, we name steps, running, backing up, going right, going left, going up, going down, around, between, over, under. You get it, right? We name all the different locations. This is the kitchen, the living room, the bathroom, the front porch, the back porch, the front door, the back door, the door to the kitchen. We're going out of the kitchen. Now we're in the living room. We're going out of the living room into the kitchen. We're going out of the kitchen into the hallway, etc. We name all the individuals. It does two things for us. All of a sudden, the animal has actually started focusing on what's in the environment and staying present for that environment. And with horses, I think that's an incredible safety breakthrough because I think that horses sometimes either get, they don't like what they're doing or they get bored with it and they zone out. And then something calls them back to the present and all of a sudden they bolt or you know they rear up or kick or something like that. And it's just kind of like a preemptive defensive action because, you know, they got called back mentally to the present all of a sudden, and there must be a good reason for it. You know, like we have to jump into a defense. So percept, uh, name and explain keeps the animal present, but also it keeps his mind engaged. Now, when he is thinking about what you're talking about, he is not so able to panic. As they say sometimes in survival, don't panic. Think first. There's always time to panic later. When you get an animal engaged in thinking right at the very beginning, they're better able to postpone panic. It doesn't even matter if they can understand what you're saying. When you first start name and explain, the animal hasn't learned all the vocabulary yet. It's very probable that the animal's sitting there going, is she speaking English to me? Doesn't she know I'm a dog? Well, yes, I do know you're a dog, but I also know you're capable of learning all this language. So let's do it together. Ready? Here we go. Next thing you know, the dog understands all this different vocabulary. Then I can tell him, hey, the vet is going to try to help you, but they're going to have to stick a needle in you. Can you get ready for that? Okay, here we go. One, two, three, four. Good, 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 good. You did it. That's a great dog. That's what it would sound like, right? So we start just by building the vocabulary that will also really help the animal in additional ways later, because we'll be able to take the uncertainty out of a lot of these scary events in life and explain to the animal what's going to happen and what he can do about it. But even before we get to that place, just from the fact that we are able to get that animal focused and thinking, we safeguard him from panic or surrendering to his emotions. It's a lot that gets done. Now we're talking about it right now because I've been talking about stress and animals. 
name and explain is such an important thing that you can do to help your animal cope with stress. As a matter of fact, Lisa Feldman Barrett says in her book, How We Construct Emotions, that the single most helpful thing you can do when a person or an animal is in crisis is just to say what's happening. Just name it. Give it you know, a label that allows you to talk about it and think about it. You don't, she's not saying tell the dog what to do or how to cope or anything else. Just name it. So that would be like saying, okay, you're aroused. You're a good dog. You're aroused. Can you get easy? That would be telling what to do. Whoops. But just telling the dog you're aroused or you're relaxed now, or we're going left around this obstacle. We're going to go behind this tree so that that tiger can't see us. That might help them with stress. All right. So what do we do? With perception modification, we teach animals to cope with stress and manage their behaviors. Medically speaking, we have a protocol which guides them away from self-medication with dopamine and toward self-medication with GABA, serotonin, oxytocin, and endorphins. And then we reprogram their triggers, teaching them how to solve their own addictions. It's truly amazing. A lot of the work gets done in 15 hours or five days, whichever comes first. And not only can we empower animals to correct their uh, problem behaviors that endanger their livelihood and, and their ability to keep their families, but we can also teach them to cope with stress, which seems to result in these animals living good, long, healthy, happy lives. And I recounted the lifespans of a lot of my zoo animals and other animals. They tend to be exceptionally long. Hallelujah. And then we talked about the five milestones of condition re relaxation the fact that the animal learns that he has a mental state, he has two, more than one, right? That he can move between them, how to move between them. And then we study um, arousal and all those things enough with the animal that he decides that he wants to manage his own behavior. In doing that, we introduce the name and explain. And not only does that inform the animal about what's going on so that he's not as stressed and you can help him come up with good ways to mitigate the stress, you know, like um, how to cooperate. Like this is only going to take to the count of 10. I'm going to help you. Good, 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 good. And he's able to do that. But also just the fact that we're engaging his mind makes him less susceptible to panic, to arousal, to fear, all of those things. This is magic and the time to start is immediately. And if you don't know where to start, first of all, you can find lots more information 
on my website. You can uh, listen to more podcasts, subscribe, right? That helps us a lot to get the word out to other people. Send me a contact message and I'll respond and we'll get you started. If you want to learn how to do this, anybody can do it anywhere. You don't have to go to a class or anything like that. All right. So I hope that you're going to move forward and start equipping your animal to cope because we want to have our animal partners in our lives for as long as possible. And we want our lives to be as harmonious as possible. Thank you so much for joining me. And I hope you found this useful and come back for the next one. I'm always delighted to spend time with you. Thank you and take care. Hey fans, are you enjoying training with Casey? Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Casey Covert on YouTube. That is youtube.com forward slash C slash Casey Cover. Also, give the podcast a like, share, and comment. Thanks for joining us. Come back for more news and views on animal training and living with animals. Stay at the top of the pack with Casey. This is Joseph Laughlin, producer of Training with Casey. See you next time.